Welcome everybody to the Lakers Lounge. I'm, we have so many Lakers shows at this point that we are on the Lakers Lounge right now. It is a Friday or no a Thursday at 9 a.m. Harrison and Kyle Goon's time, and we are sitting in a lounge together. So, welcome to this lifestyle. <laughs> it's it's great. I love uh, the off season. Agrees with me. I haven't had one in two years. So it's great. Well, yeah, I, I love that it, we the a perfect intro to this show about like how exhausted we all are is Anthony not knowing the name of the show he's hosting the and then forgetting what the day of the week it is and then trying to figure out what time zone he's in. So that yeah. was that was a great intro, honestly, Anthony. Well done. I'm I'm you know it's it's true professionalism on this end of the, uh, of the spectrum. It's five o'clock somewhere defined. I think. <laughs> I was gonna ask though, Kyle. Like, have you just been sleeping for the last like? week or so like how, how like the, the no, Lakers season no. mercifully ends and 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 i feel like of all of the people covering the lakers having gone into the bubble having come right back and then get right to it on this beat immediately and the lakers beat is exhausting because they refuse to do anything ordinarily At, once it ended did you just did your body just shut down no actually it, it was a little bit like uh cramming for a final after after they lost and, and trying to like squeeze everything we could out, out of the suns because obviously no nobody is like going to want to look on the series it you know five years from now people are like oh like you know do, do you think five years from now you guys be like oh remember that first round series loss against the suns and like what we learned about the team nobody's going to think that so it's kind of I'm trying right. to squeeze everything it's I could. Andre Drummond thing. I'm on. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna be a weird kind of forgettable year for the Lakers, and so I was just kind of cramming, trying to get everything done, and then obviously, uh, you know, right until like four thirty on on Friday morning, and then waking up for you know five or six hours of Zoom. So um, I kind of treated it as like this is the last little sprint to the finish, and and try and squeeze everything you can out of that because. Uh, at once you turn the page on this year, I'm not sure. Well, it certainly won't be remembered fondly, but um, yeah, the whole two-year odyssey is is weird and 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 strange. And you know, I was I keep telling people I was there for the Magic Johnson resignation. You know, standing ten feet away from Magic when he resigned. Mm-hmm. And when I was walking out of Staples Center that night, I was like, "All right, hands down, like I'm." I'm going to die and think that that was the craziest thing I ever covered in my life. Yeah. And that's like four now. I like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's like, it might be in it's top not five, number maybe. one. Like it's not number one, which is crazy. Like magic Johnson, the franchise legend resigned on the spot. And it's not the craziest thing I've ever covered. Uh, and just we're talking about the last three years. It's been no, like two weeks wild. later, you know, like Lakers Twitter tried to storm Staples Center to get Rob fired. So like it wasn't even the craziest thing like that month. That's oh, where yeah, I met yeah. you actually, right, Kyle? Like, no, we, I was saying that the other day. I was saying <laughs> like, yeah, there. remember when people were protesting, wanted to burn it down? And yeah, it was it, that was so weird. It's weird that in less than two years, the Lakers had a championship after that moment. I mean, that's yeah. It turns out that they protested was successful, right? The yeah. the boy the, the, <laughs> the, the Anthony's protest that he led with a megaphone out in front of Staples Center. Where honestly, I, I think Anthony, how mad are you that you didn't do it like this year? Like you 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 well, use no, that bullet in the chamber it, now. Like you can't well protest yet. the Andre Drummond signing outside of the practice facility now. Like you already well, did we'll it. See. We'll see. We'll see if they, if they, if they sign them. You know, we, they, all those people, I like, kept their emails. It was funny when I met Kyle, 
you know, he goes, Hey man, like I, I, I recognize I was like, Hey, are you Kyle Goon? And then I immediately put the, uh, the megaphone behind my, behind my back. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm just here checking it out. I'm just here covering it, not leading the protest at all. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, it's amazing that in my first year covering the beat that you recognize me. Second of all, I'm going to tell you guys this story real quick that mm-hmm. happened to me a week or two ago. Go, go out for uh, just like a, a post-game drink, which can happen now again, which is great. And I go to pay the check for a beer. And the cashier sees my card and he says, Kyle Goon? I said, yeah. And then he says, Kyle Goon! <laughs> and <does> the Andre, <laughs> he recognized me from Andre Drummond's. I swear to God that he he knew my name because of Andre Drummond. So was it Andre Drummond? I know know you guys feel some type of way, but how can how can I swim against that tide? Like, how can I how can like the guy like was was great to be this year? How can I how can I resist? Was was it Andre Drummond? Like, was he did he pick up a second side gig, you know, at the bar? (laughs) It was. Yeah, it was Andre Drummond working. He's like, I'm on this veterans minimum. I got to earn like I got to make up this salary. (laughs) When he when he was when he was pouring the beer, was he missing the glass? Like, oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, all right. We're going. That was bad. All right. Kyle, we were. Kyle, we were going to get to this later in the show, yeah. but it, since you brought it up, we have to. Yeah. How did you become best friends with Andre Drummond? Like, we need yeah. the backstory on this. And also, did the There's... OC Register consider firing you for this ethical violation? <laughs> like, now that you and Andre are, like, li- literally best friends, he shout, he doesn't shout me out when I ask the, questions, you know? There's no, there's no, there's no inside joke. There's just, he he just did it. And and look, I mean, I did, <laughs> so I did a story with Andre right when he showed up. I, I might have been the first one-on-one on the Lakers beat with Andre where I said, Hey, I talked to your trainer. I'd love to talk to you. We talked for 10 minutes and, and I thought he was great. I, I thought he was really um, open and, and upbeat and he shared some good details. Um, so he, he see, he seemed like a really upbeat guy. And then after that, like the first time I go on after that, where Andre did that, I thought, okay, like he just recognizes me from the interview. Yeah, it's but, like the one person he knows. It's like meeting like the one person. You're the new kid in class. You have the one person that you met before. Yeah. Right. But I really think it was just, he just liked my name. I Like, <laughs> I think that's all it was. I think he just thought my name was kind of funny and kind of kept it up. And to the point where like, it was not uncomfortable for, for you know, professional relationships or anything, but people like you were asking me, what's the story there? Like, what, like, why is he so excited to see you? And I, no I there's no rational explanation for me to go back. and like, yeah, this is what, like, this is why me and Andre are like that. It was not, it was not like that. It was just, he just kept up the bit, which you know what? Like you have to respect, you have to respect. No, we need, we needed some levity this yeah. year. Oh you know, gosh. it was a long year. This was one of the few things that I think brought any of us genuine are, joy on these. Are you kidding zooms. me? Oh, of course, of course. And um yeah so, i mean it, it was it was it was definitely i think especially in the era of no real player interaction this year like it it was a big lift for everybody and and i think the other beat writers got kicked out of it too honestly so it, it was kind of funny it, i mean it was very funny honestly he was probably Good like oh this Andre. is the only blue check that isn't calling for me to be cut like he's only see, he only what we figured out he only knows you and anthony's tweets among lakers twitter he thinks like <laughs> every other beat writer is just anthony yeah it's it's possible it's so actually i'm not i'm not actually verified so maybe that's what it is 
I don't have the I blue check. He was, he's wrong. trying to get you verified. That's right what there. it is. We just figured yeah. it out. He's like, this guy asks great questions. He should be verified. Yeah. I'm going to send a video to Twitter and they're going to blue check me <laughs> right after that. Yes. That, you know what? Good for Andre. No, he, he was great though. I, you know, I can't, it's funny because we, like when you work with the team like that, you, you kind of had two gradients, like who's playing well, who's doing well and, and who is like great to work with, which is why, as, as you guys know, uh, Jared Dudley is like the most like mm-hmm. <laughs> is like the most beloved guy um by by media guys and and because he'll talk about anything he'll 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 engage anything he'll he'll talk to you for a while wants to talk to you and you know in the bubble it'd been like four or five months since we talked to any players right and then first Lakers practice I said uh, or one of the first Lakers practices I said I wanted to talk to Jared um, and the whole story was just, you know, admittedly just like, all right, Jared, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. I'm just going to record. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the story. There's no story. It's just me talking I'm to you and talk. you saying things. Mm-hmm. And, but, uh, uh, Allison Boglu heads Lakers PR pointed. He's like, Jared's over there. You can go up to him. And Jared sees me and does something that no player has ever done before or since points to me turns a finger around over here Morpheus. over here big guy he's like it's been yeah. five months i have takes i need to get out there about this team like- he had to get it off his chest which is is great it, look it, i'm uh, yeah i i mean what can i do i can't i can't write any bad things about andre or or, or jared they're they're too good to me I'm in well, there, there isn't anything bad to say about Jared Dudley. I'm, I'm just going to clip that part. That's the that's the promo for the for the podcast. I can't write anything bad about Jared or Andre. I'm in their pocket. Kyle Goon. That's the quote graphic right there. <laughs> I, w- I would like to go back, though. So, you know, regarding the the when we look back on this season five years from now and all of that, and you're you're talking about like ways that we might think about it. I really think the way I'm going to think about it is. Over the last, what was it, Harrison? You did the math on this. Over the last 19 months, the guys who were on the previous it's like championship roster. like 19 of 21 months, basically. Yeah. Yeah, the, the guys who were on the championship roster. So, obviously, LeBron, AD, Kuzma, Caruso, and I guess Dudley, too. But it, for, for the purpose of this conversation, he doesn't really apply. KCP. And KCP, like those guys had to, and Markeith Morris, those guys had to be in basketball shape or something close to it for all of, you know, everything of 19 months, except for like two weeks after they won the championship. And, and I, I, you know, I'm not here to make excuses for the team or whatever, but I do think one of the things that I overlooked heading into this season was that's exhausting. There's no way they're going to make it through this season. And I'm just kind of curious for you who had, you know, more access to them in the bubble. And then as soon as, you know, as soon as you got back out of the bubble and, and, and you were able to cover stuff in, in person, were you able to see that fatigue up close that extended beyond just the stuff that we saw on the court? Oh, 100, 100. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the bubble, the reason the bubble wasn't done again is because guys were deeply unhappy. Players were deeply unhappy. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean that like most people, who were in the bubble for a really long time were unhappy. Um, just, just sort of the cutoff nature of it. Uh, the, the way I describe it is, you know, think, think about the, the walkout, right. Think about the, the strike. That was like almost exactly like the middle of the bubble. 
Like there, you're already 50 days in or so, and you can't really see the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. So there, there was like, I think at that point, there was just a lot building up and, and the bubble sensation was life is what's happening outside of this place. Like right. life is what's happening outside the place. And, um, you know, at the time I remember going into the testing office the morning of the walkout and I was, I was kind of depressed at the time, honestly. And you could turn on the news and there's, you know, riots in Kenosha in response to the Jacob Blake shooting. There was uh, forest fires going on in California at the time. There was a hurricane coming up, um, uh, uh, up through Texas on, on track. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, there was like, um, you know, a little political situation last year, which uh, I don't know, there was some Lightly. stuff. Uh, so it was just, it was just a crazy feeling of, uh, absolute helplessness. So that, so like that was exhausting in the bubble. That's why the bubble was so exhausting. It was just like, you're trapped in this little fishbowl and you're seeing everything from outside. Then this year, it's like, honestly, for me, I just know when I got home from, from Florida, it took me like three months to kind of get my what I would call my normal personality back. Like I, there was some, there was just like, there was a lot of, it, it was just so much exposure to, to the people you work with. So imagine like being at, you know, summer camp for three months and like maybe by the end of that third month, you're like, all right, I, I don't need to see you, 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 you. And then mm-hmm. if you're at the Lakers, like, Hey, we're right about to start summer it. camp again, like in, in like a month later. and a half. <laughs> Like that's crazy. Anthony, for an analogy that will make sense for you, it would be like if you went to summer league, but you weren't Mm -hmm. allowed to drink and you had to be there for three months and then you had to go back and see everyone again. There was drinking in the bubble, though. Yeah, there was was, was (laughs) drinking in the bubble. Not like he drinks at summer league. That just seems cruel. (laughs) That just, that would seem cruel, not being allowed to drink in the bubble. But like, like, that's what's kind of odd to me about the whole asterisk like disney ring or whatever bubble ring or whatever whatever the words that are used or whatever that the people who 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 use those excuses i feel like just either a lack all empathy altogether right because that's what it is at the end of the day is it it's a it's a situation that they weren't in and therefore they aren't spending the time or or the 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 personal emotion necessary to say like yeah that probably sucked for everybody involved and then, and then also it, 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 you know, it's used because we are in the take era and, and everybody has to have a take. And because the Lakers struggled this year, it means last year's championship shouldn't have counted or whatever. And it's just, I, I'm just kind of curious for you when you hear that take having been in the bubble, like it, it has to just kind of borderline enrage you, right? Like This is something that affected you for months after the fact. And, and yeah, they're going like, after oh, your yeah, best friend, Jared Dudley. Look, I mean, and at some point I'll get around to this. Um, but this season was the cost of last season. Mm-hmm. This season was the sort of the taxes paid on, on last season, because the thing I wrote at the time, um, you know, it was the 13th month season last season. Right. So I said, it's, nobody yeah. worked harder for longer. No NBA championship has ever worked harder for longer. Mm-hmm. That's still true. You know, I mean, right. and that's pro I mean, God willing, that that will always be true mm-hmm. because we don't want to go through that again. Right. So um, yeah, I mean, like, it's just, you, 
you kind of you they finished the job, but like the the length of the season, the conditions of going in the bubble, especially going in the bubble for somebody like LeBron James, who is used to having everything at his fingertips. I mean, the world at his fingertips, like has chosen which markets to live in, like has chosen what perks to have. And then like his family wasn't there. Yeah. Like Savannah showed up for a little, like a couple games and then his kids didn't come. And, and like, it was just, I I think LeBron took the bubble as hard as anyone in some ways, just in the amount of restriction from his normal life that he had. Um, So you, you just the bubble concept and then everything that will happen with Kobe last year. Mm-hmm. There was so much pressure on this team to win. There was mm-hmm. so much pressure to do it for Kobe. And I know that's the most unfair expectation in the world, but you can't tell fans not to have that expectation. So, I mean, there was an extraordinary amount of pressure riding on this team. Then the pressure gets kind of amped up because you're in the fishbowl of the bubble. You have guys like Danny Green getting death threats because he missed the shot in game five. And like, mm-hmm. Maybe should have made the shot too, but getting like, death threats and like just living like, and, and by the way, you can't like get out anywhere to distract yourself. Like yeah. you're just in that place thinking With about the game all the time. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, so I, I think it's absurd. I, 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 I've, I, there's a unqualified, no asterisk to last season. It was very difficult. I'm not going to say it's harder than any other season. I'm not going to be that person, but you can't tell me, that was easier <laughs> right then no most it's NBA also like i'll be that person it was an <laughs> insane season it was an yeah. absolutely insane season you know anthony davis said something the other day just the other day um in one of his exit interviews that was like you know going back all the way to china and i was shook by that sentence yeah. i was like oh my god that felt like five like, years ago that feels so long ago. Yeah. That feels so long ago. And that's probably on the list with Magic, by the way. Somewhere. Somewhere in that list. But it's just... <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, that, will that the Lakers be based... trapped in China? That was, like... That, that, that was, was a brief, that was a... scary moment. Yeah, like... Yeah. That was something <laughs> that, that we were nervous about. Just so about. many extraordinary situations along that season. You cannot tell me that it's not impressive as hell the Lakers didn't, didn't win... Uh, or that the Lakers won the championship amidst all of that. Yeah, no, I, I think, look, like, uh, yeah, we don't have to say that it was, like, more difficult, less difficult. Like, we don't have to put any asterisk yeah. or argue about Absolutely. it or whatever. It's, like, the, the thing to me that, you know, beyond A. Disney being a hilariously catchy nickname, like, like whoever came up with that, admittedly, good burn. Like, that was solid. <laughs> You're going to get your point to catch on coming up with that. But, like, this was, like, like every it ignores the fact that every single team had to go through the exact same circumstances. Like it wasn't like the Lakers got like, we're the only ones that got to stay in Disney and every other team had to stay at like the motel six down the street or whatever. Like every single team had to play in the same gym under the same circumstances, like all of that stuff. So, I mean, any of those teams, they could have won it too. Like there's not an asterisk when every single team has the exact same circumstances. Exact same circumstances. And, and, and I'll, I'll even expand that point. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say the Lakers, like maybe in the perfect world, this roster could win the championship. I don't think the Lakers were going to win the championship this year, but this season was not the exact same circumstance. This season was a 72 day break between the end of last season and the start of this mm-hmm. season. Right. So, so everything about the training camp, changed. Right? Tra- training camp yeah. was like, you know, a few weeks prior to that. 
So I, I you know, one thing I really want to say on this podcast, um, which I think is going around in a very flawed way because it's not a secret it's out there like i I wrote about anthony davis before um the playoffs started and his 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 offseason and like the attitude of the lakers for i'm only gonna speak about anthony davis was look man chill like relax like we're gonna get your conditioning in um as the season goes along you know we're gonna we're gonna figure it out We, we don't want you to even touch a basketball in november you know, we'll, we'll build you up during training camp. You know, we'll, we'll have less minutes. We'll then January, February, you start doing something like your off season workouts. Then in March, you're going to be fully up to speed. And that never happened because you got injured and that that's fine. But there are guys like Charles Barkley who are saying, Oh, Anthony Davis has got to fire his trainer. Like, because he, he, he keeps getting injured. Like I, I think of this season, as a somewhat aberration for Anthony Davis in the sense of he played 75 games in back-to-back seasons. He played 56 games when he was demanded to be traded. And there was a whole thing with new Orleans. Mm -hmm. He played 62 games of 71 last season. Like he's been mostly available. Yeah. He he has games, but it's like when he has the full off season, like it's just, well, I get that people like want to wring their hands about everything, but like, the whole fire the trainer dialogue is so like they're people absolutely do not know what they're talking about when it comes to that. Well, I well, mean, also, literally they aren't doctors. <laughs> well, the street clothes thing, the street clothes thing was insane to me because number one, like you're a former player. I'm pretty sure Charles yeah, Barkley has seen... had a groin injury before. Like yeah. I, if I remember correctly, that may have been one of the things that derailed his career. So for him to be like, Oh, street clothes, like AD needs to like basically pressure Anthony Davis, like try to bully him through the media into playing on this. And then like and then, predictably and that goes horribly around. Yeah, and being and like the Lakers the should fire the their medical staff for letting him play. It's like it's literally like the meme from the Eric Andre show, like where he shoots him, and then he's like, "Who the Lakers should never have done this." Like, right? right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, AD, that's oversimplification. AD didn't have to play and cave to that pressure. Like, he didn't need to go out there. But I understand why he did. But also, like anyone who's ever had a groin injury or seen anyone go through a groin injury, like you cannot move your leg. That's not something you can just yeah. play through. Yeah. yeah, it it was it wasn't smart. Um, it wasn't smart, but it it was it was AD's choice. Um, and and. And I think maybe the Lakers felt like they had a strong enough handle where they would pull him if, if he didn't look good. And he obviously didn't. Um, I, I, maybe they should, shouldn't have bowed to that organizationally, but I, I just think it's, I think it's weird and strange how sometimes, I mean, you know, Charles Barkley's paid to be funny on TV, right? Like yeah. that's like, he's, mm-hmm. he's paid more for the street clothes comment, but then, like people kind of listen to the, like you have distinct medical opinions on, on what's happening. And, and I I just think in the full context of this season where nobody had an off season, everyone was doing things differently. Hey, you're wondering why the Lakers got injured because of the workload, because of everything strange that happened this off season, a bunch of guys didn't like they're coming out of the bubble. Like, they don't, they don't want to, like, be around basketball. They want to, like, push back. They already don't have the timeline for a proper offseason. So, like, you got to get back into work mode, like, right away when you're trying to savor the championship. Like, that's what we're talking about here. Like, and, and if it happens again, like, then maybe there's the dialogue about who should fire whose trainer. But 
Yeah. I, I think this whole talking point has been flawed because, you know, we, we like hot takes more than we like the, the larger context and, and the really the easier explanation. Right. I mean, like, why is everybody getting hurt? Because it was an insane like turnaround and insane season. And, and most guys tried to get into shape while the season was going on. So, yeah. I mean, that's my two cents. If, if anyone takes anything away from, from this podcast, I hope it's that because I, I, I think it's just, I think the dialogue is just kind of out of control. People deciding, you know, who, who should be whose trainer and, and yeah, why it's like Kobe was this, like the whole like Kobe would have played through this. No, he wouldn't have, or he would have looked <laughs> just as bad. Like because right. it's a groin injury, you can't play through it. Yeah, so there, it there just... were times there were times that Kobe sat out. Like there were there were games that Kobe missed. The the crazy thing is when he retired, he didn't play 16 straight seasons of 82 plus games. Like that was the craziest thing that and and yeah, the whole that that aspect of the conversation is just completely ridiculous to me. But I regarding because Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Joel Embiid, Jamal Murray. Uh, what other stars have been dinged up here? You know, you could you could basically Donovan like, Mitchell, Mike Conley. Huh? But, but but like, look look at the teams that are in right now. You have a team led by Devin Booker. I mean, respect to Chris Paul, who is injured, by the way. Mm-hmm. He got like you have yeah. a team led by Devin. No, Booker. legally he died team. during the Lakers Sun series and came back to life. It was amazing. Yeah, you have a team led by Donovan Mitchell. Um, Luka Doncic looked amazing. Um, you know, you have Trey Young. You, you have, I mean, you got young stars in this league showing out. And not only are we talking about a short offseason, we're talking about a super condensed schedule. Like yeah. every other day, the Lakers played eight or nine back to backs in the second half of the season alone, just the second half of the season. Yeah. Like that's, that's insane. Right. Like, so, was, so the, the, the lesson here is that the entire league should fire their trainers. When, the the like, whole league should fire their trainers. Dr. Be, Adam Silver right. should oh, never right. have been put in charge of this. Like that was, <laughs> yeah. that was problem number one. Look, and, and look, and another thing is like, you know, Ad, like Adam Silver, like people, like the other thing is people are going to want to blame Adam Silver. Like the, I also want to say the players kind of knew what they were getting into. They agreed um, to it. They agree to it. And, and the Lakers. No, I mean, Jared Dudley has a tweet that was going around where like, he was like 52 games. That's never going to work. So like, we can't, you know, yeah. we can't make that work money wise. So, I mean, yeah, like the players, yeah. you know, they, it's, they had a hand a in this, although they were dealing. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a, it's a, the Lakers didn't have a lot of wins available to them when, when the MBPA came out with the plan, they, they said, all right, here's four different plans. Um, here's how it's going to work with 72 games here. Are how, It'd work with 72 games pushed back, but we lose money because of the Olympics. Here's how it works with 60 games. Here's how it works with 60 games pushed back. And like the players could see from those plans, like, oh, like, well, clearly like 72 games with everything pushed back before the Olympics is like, oh, like our, our people are telling us that's like plus a billion dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll do that. Mm -hmm. Including the Lakers. And like, it's not that they didn't have reservations and, and I, and we all know that LeBron's way is to kind of have the league do what they want to do, but then also make snide remarks after the, after the fact, I mean, that, that's just how it goes. I mean, he, he did it with the all-star game. He did it with the schedule. He did. So he's done it. Yeah. But, no wonder Chris Paul tried to hurt him in that series. Like he's just mad that LeBron's been criticizing his NBPA work the whole year. <laughs> <laughs> One more subtweet, man. I'm going to yank that other shoulder out. Yeah. No, yeah. no, but, 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 <laughs> but, but really like, 
I think the you see what's important. And and at the time it might have felt more existential. At the time it might have felt more important that like, hey, we gotta make the money. Like we're we're hurting everyone's bottom line if we don't do this. So, but the Lakers voted for it. The Lakers didn't have to vote for it, but the Lakers did vote for it. And so uh, at the time, somebody told me, well, you know, I don't, I don't see what else we can do. So if you want to make a criticism of the play of, of the owners and Adam Silver in that part, like maybe it is that the players felt like they didn't really have a realistic option, but they had, they had a time to make us think about it. And they didn't, including the Lakers. Lakers could have voted against it. It would have looked a certain way, but, it would have drawn attention to the issue at the time where things could have been altered about it. I don't think they, but I don't think anyone was going to alter anything. I think they were just like, all right, it is what it is. We're going to be disadvantaged, but like, whatever, let's go. So should we be talking about the selfless Lakers saving the league? I think that's what we got to do. Like the Lakers just saved everyone from layoffs. Like this is they're America's team now. Like they really like they, they got on the cross for, you know, all of the lower level employees, all of their revenue. Like they saved the of the smaller guys in the league. They, they just, you know, they took care of everyone. So we, we should be thanking them. I will say, you know, LeBron is, is the most powerful player in the league. Um, and, and obviously like he can, he has the power to influence, um, but he does things that he doesn't want to do for the league. I, I think, I think it's clear. I think he understands that the league talks is to us for one. Enterprise. All-star, the all-star he talks game. to us. Um, yeah. Um, it's just, he does the things he'll do it under protest, but he'll do it because he understands the entertainment value and the business value of the league. Um, and I think that goes back to the walkout, which frankly, I think LeBron wanted to walk out of the bubble. I think he would have. And I think there was an understanding by, by the end of that night into, so the first night, like you, you guys remember there's a report of LeBron and, uh, and the Lakers and the Clippers walking out of the meeting. Mm-hmm. And I think LeBron, in the moment was, was very heated and, and wanted to, to do that. Um, I think it was pointed out to him that like, Hey man, like not everyone has the resources you have. Not everyone can go home and, and be fine if they miss this next check. Um, so I, I think that is sort of a pattern that you see. He'll, he'll go back and say um, he'll, 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 you know, he'll criticize the league, but he'll, he'll do the thing that, the NBA wants he understands to he understands trickle down LeBronomics. Like he <laughs> gotta take care of everyone. That's uh, an interesting right. way of putting it. I'm gonna go ahead and ignore uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one. Um I I do want to kind of awkwardly segue over to this season and the way it kind of played out. So there sure. were two kind of themes here that that I noticed uh, over the last few years, especially one. Rob Lincoln gets hired and he talks about the culture of, of competition and how, you know, we're all going to be on the same page. We're going to earn the roles that we, that we uh, play in and we're going to do all of these things. And then you get the report recently from, from Mark Stein that Andre Drummond was promised his starting gig. And then at the beginning of the year, uh, Dennis Schroeder was, you know, reportedly, or at least, I don't think that was reportedly. I think Dennis Schroeder said that. Yeah, he, well, it was like the, there was the initial report, and then he was asked about it. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm a starter, right?" He's and like, so, "No, absolutely, like no anonymous source necessary." Like Dennis Schroeder right. reports that Dennis Schroeder has well, been he's promised. He's the owner of a league. You don't you don't need anonymous sources when you when you own a, a team out there in Germany. But so so I'm kind of curious, Kyle. Like, 
again, you've, you've documented this team about as closely as anybody. And I'm kind of, I'm curious if you ever noticed like where that shift took place and why that took place, because in, from where I'm sitting, that culture of, of competition leads to a championship. And then they go away from that culture of competition, either whether it's to land these two guys or maybe the culture of competition took its toll on in the year prior, right? Because that is that is a more combative, that is a more kind of volatile way to to maintain an organization. So I'm kind of curious, like if you if you notice that shift, if I'm just talking out of my rear end, whatever the case might be, why do you think that shift, if it occurred, took place? That's the culture of the NBA. Uh, th- that's that's the culture of the NBA where um, especially guys who are right along that starter, like you're not really an all-star, but, but you're a, a pretty entrenched starter. Guys who want to feel like they're all-stars, um, you know, and, and look, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to speak specifically about Dennis or, or, or Andre in that example, but what I'm saying, but, but what I am saying is teams find themselves having to appease players and, and there's just not, there's not really a team that is an exception to that, or there's certainly not really a good team. That's an exception to that. I mean, you know, it's. It, Wasn't and, the championship team, the exception to that though? Like, like, couldn't you, couldn't you make the argument that that was, and now I, I, because I would make the Anthony, argument. Anthony, to push back on that, I think KCP was kind of low key promised the starting spot <laughs> well, no, on that no, championship well, that's, that's team. That's kind of what I want to say though is that like, because I, I thought, because heading into the year, the big difference. So Dwight Howard in any other normal year is promised a, a starting gig, right? Like that's, it's kind of inherently known. This year is a little different because he, he's at a different stage of his career, but, but certainly up until last year, the, the, the notion of Dwight Howard, future hall of famer, not starting was, was ludicrous. Right. Um, and, and so like, I, I'm kind of curious, was it just a matter of that collection of guys being at, you know, I mean, that, of their so, career where so they're specific. more open to that notion. It's just, there's so there's so like Dwight Howard and maybe we forget like was on his last legs i you know Absolutely. i personally thought I, I went on tv like a week before they did that signing i was like wow what a what a terrible idea <laughs> Me too. because <laughs> he was a, a clubhouse cancer in other dwight, places dwight howard was anthony's original andre drummond like so but but <laughs> so dwight, dwight howard had no leverage dwight howard yeah. like the lakers were the only team calling like and and when it comes to getting andre drummond like that was not true so did the Lakers aggressively probably overpromise there? Like maybe the trade-off should have been, hey, like you do you want to win the championship? Because that's mm-hmm. what we're offering. And and we can't promise a role. You will have a role, but we, we can't promise what role that will be. And and maybe that just wasn't enough juice at the time. And obviously he had some options with money, he had some options with other, you know, potential contenders. Maybe there were you know, frankly, maybe they were afraid that, uh, well, I guess LaMarcus was signed right before him, but yeah, you know, maybe they were trying to keep the nets out of it at one point. Mm-hmm. So I think there was just more leverage for a guy like Andre to, to, to try and get a starting role. Um, and, uh, and maybe they thought with, with Mark and, and Montrez who doesn't want to start anyway, that they could manage it. Um, 
but uh, and obviously you know that that didn't really end up being the case um but yeah I, I mean i think that was part of it i think dennis um you know i know everyone's pretty pretty mad right now at dennis in, in lakers fandom but he, he probably was the third best player throughout the year like it's it's not mm-hmm. it's not crazy that they were they brought him in and we're like oh yeah this is the guy we want to be our starter so um i'll say this i think I, I talked with somebody recently um, who told me, I think some guys thought they were better than they were and, and realized it this year. And I, th- I hope that, uh, and this is not me saying this is this other person, but that this person told me, I hope that if they, if they are running it back, that they'll come in with the off season thinking like, I thought I was something and turns out like I needed to be better. I need to be better. And so, you know, I, obviously it's a little too early to tell how much the Lakers are going to run back um, and what options are available to them this offseason. But I think there was um, perhaps an overestimation of what those guys could do. And, and again, this wasn't about any particular person. This was just about a general sentiment about players on the team. But, but yeah, this person told me, like, yeah, these guys need – hopefully now they know they need to get better than what they were. Oh, because that's kind of what I wanted to, to ask is if you think there'll be more of a shift back to culture of competition that Polinka talked about when he was initially hired versus what we saw last year. If, if, if you think, yeah, well, the number one competition of... is number 23 LeBron versus number six LeBron. <laughs> that's right. that's the number it's one competition the, on the roster. Toon squad, Toon squad LeBron versus uh, 23 LeBron. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, because I, I think, I think that would set a tone personally, you know, for, for, you know, getting back to the things that won the, won them the championship in the first place, guys accepting the, the roles that might not be optimal for them personally, but maybe are more optimal for, for what the team has in mind uh, at the end of the year. Right. And it doesn't like, it, I don't, this is the one place where I push back on like, Oh, this season could have been different. Look, LeBron James gets hurt. Anthony Davis gets hurt. It doesn't matter if Andre Drummond is cool coming off the bench. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's if all folks at that point. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like that stuff, it doesn't matter at all. But, but I, I guess, you know, from, I, I really enjoyed two years ago's team and, you know, in, in their acceptance of those roles and, and, and coming together and, and, and sacrificing for each other's greater good. And now you come into this season and it was so different. And it was from guys who, by the way, didn't win the championship the year prior. It was like, that was, that was the odd thing. The disease of me was from people who weren't there with, with the, the, the prior championship team. Anthony, if I can just push back slightly on this, like, I I do think like JaVale to some degree was, I mean, we can maybe infer was promised a starting role because Dwight was playing way better than JaVale was. There were a lot of people calling to start Dwight. Those lineups were better. He was great with LeBron. And then you kind of saw that as the playoffs went on. You know, Avery Bradley was like, I mean, you know, he ended up being, I think, more integral than people thought he would be. But I don't Mm -hmm. think that he went into the year thinking that he wasn't going to start. Like KCP was to some degree probably, you know, we can infer from his representation, like and how much he was starting, even despite his struggles early on in the year was maybe promised some degree of role like I, I just think that this stuff happens and it's easy to post talk go back and be like this is what yeah. brought them down well, but I think I if mean, LeBron and AD don't get hurt we're having a totally different conversation absolutely yeah to, to, I mean but there's not just one like so much of that is context in the sense of like Dwight like Dwight not starting last year even though I think 
we all agree that that Dwight was the better player than JaVale overall. Like, Lakers knew if they start Dwight, like, Dwight's going to be the most himself. Like, it was... Yeah. It was you had was to dangle very, the carrot to keep him. Yeah. They, yeah, they had to keep him regimented um, mm-hmm. because l- last season I thought was just a ba- a continuing battle of new Dwight, old Dwight, uh, which was which was weird to see up close um, and just sort of him being like, I know what I'm supposed to do, I know what I'm supposed to say, I know how I'm supposed to play, and then you know, uh, calling himself Batman when. Djokovic was running on the court. And that saying, was uh, incredible. Batman's like, honestly, here for you. Th- that was, that know, was, was like, Drummond nah, nah, mimicking nah, nah, LeBron's nah, nah, post nah, nah, moves nah, nah. before Drummond did that. Like, that was great. I, that's the one thing. That's the thing I miss most about the bubble dispatches <laughs> is you guys being able to hear every single thing that those guys are yelling at each other and tweeted out. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's just, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's, it's so hard to say, uh, guys, uh, of what, is going to bring that sense of urgency um, because, and the other thing is like, I, I would almost agree with you, Anthony, up to the point where the guys who were on the championship team last year also were pretty crappy in the playoffs. Like, yeah. and, and that's not a secret to them either. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they know that they didn't deliver. So it's, it's an interesting concept. I think if anything, maybe guys will be recharged by the long off season. Um, and maybe there will be a sense of urgency brought on by like, hey, like you don't just walk oh, yeah. into this. I think I think every championship team has guys like that who join their situation like, all right, like this like I'm I'm in the in the big ship now. Like we're gonna sail all the way to the championship. And and that doesn't happen that way. Um, and I'm you know, look, I mean like I'm not stupid, like I know the Brooklyn Nets are incredible, but I, I do kind of wonder if they get in a series where they get down how that's going to go for them because i think there's a lot of guys who uh, even though kd and, and Kyrie have won um i don't know if james harden knows how hard it is to win a championship i don't know if blake griffin knows how hard it is to win a championship so i'm i'm interested to see that but i i i, I as for the lakers um i, I really just think what's needed is just a sense of urgency because we're in a point in the NBA where you can't be coached to have that. You can't be Mm -hmm. told by management to have that players have to realize that themselves because players have so much power. It's it's, they have so much freedom over where they're going to go, who they're going to play for, what team promises them, what role, because there's going to be someone else who promises Andre Drummond starting job. There's going to be somebody else who promises Dennis a starting job. Um, and, and the Lakers want to be seen as a player's first organization. So really what I think maybe, maybe Frank Vogel has like, sometimes he's ahead of the curve and sometimes he, it looks like he's maybe too conservative in how he slow plays stuff. But I think Frank Vogel tries to create circumstances where players see for themselves what's working and what's not. And, and that's kind of how you have to live or die especially with the way that the Lakers have been set up as a player first organization in my opinion. You heard it here first. Frank Vogel sets guys up for failure so that they can see that they're bad and learn lessons oh my from God. it. That was... Why are you guys trying to do this to me? Kyle, Kyle Goon reports. Kyle Goon of the OC register. No, Kyle. Uh, no we more appreciate Kyle you giving us from, from Andre Drummond after this one. Woo. Yeah. From Andre Drummond.com <laughs> after this podcast. Um, 
<laughs> Kyle, we know you we know you got to get out of here. We really appreciate the time. I have two final questions for you because, you know, here us as blog boys, like we consider ourselves like the fifth estate. Like it's our job to hold the fourth estate accountable. And so, you know, I, I got two questions for you as part of this uh like final exit interview. So, on April 18th, uh you wrote a feature titled Markeith Morris has been unsung hero as Lakers battle without injured stars. Markeith Morris, after that feature, went four for 36 from three, 11.1%, including the playoffs. How responsible do you feel for his downfall? And like, do you think that you like kind of have to go to bat for him to get him his next contract because of this? First of all, Keith is another one of those guys who I really like working with and <laughs> who's great to us. Um, I love Keith. I, he, I, he hate, I hate that you pointed this out, um, but uh, – I saved it yeah, for the end, so only the really dedicated yeah. people will get yeah. it. He's yeah. he, no, Mark, he's, he's um. Look, it, what you should give me credit for is just feeling the crest of the wave, just just at its highest point. It was great and timing. You the, got it right when it was deploying. right there. He was the young son hero <laughs> until that point when he, he got was, hit no. With he the was Goomper. very good, and and he represented something that I thought would be more important than it turned out being, which is guys who were bringing back the championship culture. Um. And, and that was something that was talked a lot by the returners. Um, and to a point to that point in the season, you know, they, they had that road trip where they were like five and or no, it was actually a four and three, the seven game road trip, they beat the nets. So it just felt like the right moment to be like, you know what, you know, who's doing well, this guy. And, and, then um, he and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. <laughs> but everyone had a season like that, you know, Every, like everyone, there's not one guy on this team that looks back on their season is like, man, I, I killed it hundred percent. I, I like, like everything Speak for yourself. I all my training. <laughs> yeah. Just Jared Dudley. He played his role to a team. Uh, Jared like, Dudley was, yeah. Did have an all time season, but yeah, Jared look, Dudley I mean, had the best bro. season of his career. Like he's he, dunking keep... again. Yeah. He's dunking again. A Kyle Goon scoop, by the way. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was huge. Um, all right. Final question. So, how much, like, you know, if we're going to talk about the goon curse, like we got to talk about the goon squad. Like how, how much do you think that your tough questions inspired LeBron to subtweet you in a multi-million dollar movie by naming his opponent after your family? Like, <laughs> like how, like how much did you, like, where, where did this feud with LeBron start? I guess. You know, I'll, I'll believe he did that when, when he says my name. <laughs> <laughs> No, but he's not going to be excited like Andre the Drummond. Player on, he's going to be like, oh, going to be named Kyle. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, there's going to be a bench warmer named Kyle or a, a manager that gets, I don't know, run over. LeBron's going to dunk on him like during the during warmups. Yeah, yeah. You know, I will say this: I'm I, I'm very disappointed that I haven't been awash in free promotional material yet. So. So somebody get on bad. that. Like, you know, come on, Brothers. WB, send Kyle a shirt or something. Do, come on. Let's do you, a this photo shoot with Don Cheadle. Let's do something. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the OC I, register I, I, should let you interview the coach, like your coach of the Goon Squad. I think that's that, like that's the story <laughs> pitch for you. General oh, manager. Gosh. Does the Goon Squad have a culture of competition? <laughs> yeah, it was Bird. No, Anthony we promised Davis everybody. Promised we promised, the, role. We promised, promised everybody Dane. Everybody. We promised AD. promised NECA. <laughs> That everybody's got a starting job. Every, we promised eight starting jobs. Starting eight people on this team. Like, that's how much the goon squad breaks the rules. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, well, this was a blast. I really appreciate you hopping on. 
given how exhausted I'm sure you are, uh, given, you know, given the season and, and, and the last 19, 24 months, whatever it's been, uh, best of luck moving forward. You guys can catch all of Kyle Goon's tough questions uh, at the OC register. He has that newsletter that comes out. It's really good as well. I enjoy it. Uh, thank you very much, Kyle, for hopping on. And we, uh, yeah. we hope to talk to you soon. Look, uh, you know, it, it's just talking. It's just talking. Uh, I, wow. I hate to, I hate to denigrate your work, but it write. is just talking at the end of the day. I'm not that exhausted. No, this was, yeah, this was his break, Anthony. Like your, your full-time job, this was Kyle's like recreational activity. No, Kyle, I feel very rested actually. Yeah, no, Kyle, thank you so much. And good luck against the Toon Squad this summer. Like we'll be rooting for you. Like we'll be the only ones well, rooting for you and your family. We will not. I'm, I'm going to be rooting for the for for the Toon Squad because there's a protagonist. But but still, like well, you know, we'll be rooting. <laughs> yeah. You cover. You have a place. kid. I get it. It's cartoon characters. You got to root for the, the cartoon. Exactly. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episodes here on the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys next week.